Hello and welcome. You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. We're studying together through the Gospel of Matthew. If it's your first time listening, welcome. Uh, Definitely recommend you go through this study and then just go back a couple days because we're just getting into Matthew now. We're going to be studying from Matthew 1 all the way to the end of Matthew. And uh, by the end of it, you are going to be able to say that you dug in and you studied the entire book, uh, just like we did the Gospel of John previously. I want to take a quick moment uh, to just reach out and pray for uh, somebody who's listening generally to us every day, probably listening today as well. Fran, if you're out there, to Father, in Jesus' name, we pray over Fran. We pray over her uh, wellness and her health, Lord God, and we just declare in the name of Jesus that she is healed, Lord God, and we speak this in your mighty name. So I wanted to do that because a lot of times we say, I'll pray for you. And then what do we do? We put a prayer emoji on social media. Uh, You know, we say it, thoughts and prayers, um, but we are praying people, right? And the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So when you say you're going to pray for somebody, I just encourage you to just stop and just do it. And it could be just like that, just a few seconds. Look, Jesus, when he healed people, he just said, be healed. He said, get up and take your mat and walk. He said, come out in Jesus. He didn't say in Jesus name. He just said, come out. He just commanded it, right? We don't need these long drawn out prayers. We just stop and we pray. So friend, if you're out there, we're thinking about you. Okay. We are in the second chapter of Matthew. We're going to close that out today. Uh, We've studied so far. Matthew is laying down uh, basically his introduction here. He wants to go through the, he went through the genealogy of Jesus. He wants to show Israel like, hey, Jesus is not just some guy out here. He is connected to Abraham. He's part of the Davidic line, which had to be for the Messiah. Abraham was promised descendants as numerous as the stars. David, uh, that bloodline was promised a kingdom that would be forever and ever. And we went through that. Yesterday, we talked through uh, the birth of Jesus, right? And the in the visit of from the Magi, right? We, we went through that and we ended it with the king of Israel at that time, right? The, the king that Rome allowed to be there. Herod basically was told about this baby king, this infant king that was born. Herod wants to be the only king. He wants to be the only important one. Uh, he was called Herod the Great, uh, probably because he was a good politician and he was a good administrator uh, of the time. But he was very, very cruel, especially toward the end of his life. And what does he do? He tells the Magi, he says, he says, oh, when, when you find him, let me know because I want to go worship him. And we know that is a, uh, a bunch of bull, um, which we'll read about here. So <clears throat> what happens here is we're going to continue talking about Joseph and Joseph taking on the fatherly roles as he takes care of uh, both Jesus and Mary as this family unit is born and 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 growing uh and then what happens is is that the magi they get a dream from god 
that they should not return back to Herod, right? So they just go, and that obviously doesn't make Herod very happy. So let's start reading here. We are in Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 13. It says, When they had gone, talking about the Magi, back to wherever they came from, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled that the what the Lord said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. So it was uh, prophesied in Hosea. Uh, Hosea 11, 1, uh, it said, when Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called my son. Now, but who also came out of, who was Israel that came out of Egypt, right? And talking about the Israelites when they were saved from by God from their bondage in Egypt. But what happened when they came out of Egypt? They came out of Egypt and they turned their backs. They turned their hearts away from God, which is what got Israel into this mess, and why by the it, by it's the, t- the time we reach uh, Jesus, things are pretty dead. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and Jesus, interestingly enough, has to go back to Egypt. Right, he takes a time here where he and his family, when he's very very young, have to go to Egypt, and then he comes out of Egypt. So it's almost like the way I look at it is Jesus took the trip now from Egypt back to the promised land. And he came to almost right every wrong. And you think about what Jesus did here on earth He in with his sacrifice, with his being raised from the dead, with his defeat of death, he, he made every wrong right through his existence here. And this is just another uh, example of that. 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Verse 18, a voice is heard in Ramah. Weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted for the, because they are no more. This original, that's Jeremiah 31, 15, was when G- Israel had to go into exile. All the children were taken and brought to Babylon. And now, in a, a second way, we see deaths at the hands of the wicked Herod and It says that this is a fulfillment as well. Rachel representing Israel crying out for her children. So we see things being fulfilled. But what I want to point out is is Joseph, Mary, Jesus, they all have a plan, right? They have a a plan. Uh, They get all these gifts. You got to think for a moment. They're like, hey, this is going pretty well. Now all of a sudden, here's a dream from God and they got to go. They got to get up and go. And sometimes we have these disruptions in our life and it, it can really can really put us in a bad place, right? And we know we have all the warning signs around us and we, you know, 
we're being told, get out of that situation. And I'm glad that Joseph did. Sometimes we don't do that and we stick around and we suffer loss. And God's telling us, I need you to shift. I need you to move. I need you to go to a different place. And you say, well, I don't think that's in the plan, God. Well, (laughs) God's plan is to have you move sometimes, to get up and go and get out of the situation. We'll dive into that a little bit more here in a second. But let's uh, keep on reading. And verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Uh, Egypt had a a decent uh, Jewish population, so they weren't totally foreigners there. But now Herod dies, and angel appears again to Joseph in a dream. And verse 20 says, and says, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Verse 21. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled, said through the prophets, that he, meaning Jesus, would be called a Nazarene. And he was called a Nazarene, right? Right around from the Galilee area, which was not a very impressive area. As a matter of fact, we see that there's a running joke throughout the Gospels where people say, what good can come from, what good can come from there? Right. So Jesus goes to a very modest place. But there's some interesting historical context here. Uh, Archelaus was the son of Herod. Uh, We know this to be historically true. I mean, there's coins with his name all over it that are found. Uh, Josephus talked about him being just like his father. He was suspicious all the time. We see in history that Archelaus actually slaughtered 3000 Jews. Joseph, through the vision of God, had some foresight that that he was going to have this happen. And what he does is he goes to Galilee. Now, I may be incorrect on this, but I believe that Archelaus's uh, brother, uh, Herod Antipas, was over that area, who was a much more moderate uh, type of guy. But he doesn't go. Here's the Messiah, Jesus. He doesn't go to Jerusalem. He goes to little old Nazareth. And we know that this is the last time we really see Joseph. Uh, He disappears. He probably passes at some point. Jesus, we have to assume that he becomes the, the man of the house. And you notice here as well, danger comes. Joseph, get up and go. And then things clear up. There's a mission at hand. Jesus uh, has to now with his family, still a young boy, get up and go. God tells Joseph, get up and go. And that's why, where I want to end this as we come across, come to our 1% here is that they had a disruption in their lives. And just because there is a delay, that doesn't mean that there is a denial. I want you to hear me. When there is a delay, it doesn't mean denial. A lot of times, God is doing something even if you can't see it. A lot of times, times of delay, you're being protected from something. Sometimes there are times of preparation. Other times, there are times where you're being positioned 
to encounter something in your life or, or to take that next step. And, and without the disruption in your life, without the uh, danger, so to speak, without the mishap, whatever it is that, that puts you on a different course, makes you get up from where you are and have to move. Scripture tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to his purpose. So when we get disrupted in our life, sometimes the first thing we want to do is just kind of stop our feet and say, what's going on, God? And that's not a bad question, but it's how you ask it. What's going on, God, as if you're, and it's okay to be frustrated with God. God can take it, okay? But what's going on in the way of like, I don't want this. I don't, uh, it's almost like I don't care. Just do what I want to do. That's, I would say, the wrong way to go about it. But sometimes when you're disrupted, ask that question. What's going on, God? Why do you have me here? What is it about me being in this situation right now that is going to be used to glorify you? That's going to be used to move me to the next step. Look, at a point in my life where I lost almost everything. You know, I had a point in my life when I lived down in Atlanta. I, I lost the house. I lost the girl. I lost the car. I even lost my dog. It was like a, a country music song. And I was like, what is going on here? And I popped around from, from jobs to jobs. I, I didn't know. But y- you know what? I, I am grateful that I had just gotten saved, just gave my life to God. And um, God gave me a measure of faith to say, you know what? Something's up. I trust him. Something's up. I trust him. And even I was, I was, I took this job uh, somewhere and I was like way overqualified for this job. But I was like, why am I here? And I'm like, you know, why am I here? Why am I here? So I just started ministering to people around me. I led a couple of people to the Lord, people are still, uh, you know, even keep in contact with now. And I, I made the best out of that situation. Now, what was cool was after a couple months, I got promoted there. Now, I was broke, so I didn't have a computer. I didn't have nothing. I barely had a place that I could stay. But I had got my own office, and I got the keys to the place. And on this computer, if you remember MySpace, I hop on MySpace. I get reconnected with this girl that I knew from a while back, and that's my wife today. Now, (laughs) I I had no other way to connect with her, but... I went through a lot of stuff, but I don't know. Maybe all that was just for me to be repositioned. Maybe it was I had things in my life I needed to be removed. Maybe it was for reason of protection. I know that the trying of my faith in that time was certainly a a time of preparation because I didn't know where my next meal was coming sometimes, but all in all, you, you just got to trust God in these situations. I don't want to take this too long today, but I just want to say that sometimes God's going to have you just get up and go. You're going to have a disruption in your life and, and you're going to, but you, you have to stay close to him. You have to talk to him. You got to pray. You got to, you got to ask him to guide you. See, Joseph didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of him like you do. We're in the new covenant now. So you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You, you have a connection to God like they, they didn't have then. Jesus ushered in all that stuff, and we're enjoying it now. So I just want to encourage you that if you're in a time of delay or if you're in a time of disruption, that chances are 
because God loves you and he's with you every step of the way. That is for your protection. Maybe it's a learning experience. It's for your preparation. Or maybe you're being positioned where your situation right now is going to spark a chain of events that you wouldn't take back in a million years because something's going to happen in your life and you're going to be positioned for it just because you had your disruption. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to trust you more. Just wherever you are right now, just say, God, I trust you. I trust you in this situation. (laughs) I trust you while we're waiting here in Egypt sometimes, uh, just like Jesus. We just, just trust him today. Trust whatever your situation you're in. Just trust him. That's all I got to say today. Just trust God. He's got you. He's got your back. Amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You're listening to The 1% Christian. We're going to start Matthew chapter 3 tomorrow. Love you guys.